0: Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz and a slight tangent. Get you going that little if you bit. Say it, to anger it, is a great yeah, motivator. You yeah. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now.
1: The Koi Gig pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top
0: pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup. Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. And uh, it's fair to say World World Cup prep is well and truly underway as Ireland beat Zambia last night. 3-2 in what was, at times, a concerning game, you'd say, for some players. And at other times, an absolutely enthralling one. One particular player sticking out, Amber Barrett, getting two goals. Her first goals for club and country, since she scored on that important night in Hampton Park all those many months ago this morning to look back on last night's game I am joined by the one and only captain Karen Duggan who I think is going to have a few things to say there is some particular players that I got on the pitch last night who don't normally get on the pitch that Karen likes to say that we should be picking so I'm pretty sure she's going to have a bit of a victory laugh this morning Uh, judging by the big smile on her face as I say that I reckon that's pretty true
1: Karen, initial thoughts on last night? Um, Oh God, it's kind of a tough one to critique because the first half was poor. Um, But you have to take into account how nervous I think some of the players on the pitch were. I think there's been too much conversation about the selection of the team and it's really gotten into some of the girls' heads. That nervousness just kind of it almost felt like suffocated them a little bit in the first half and that that they were afraid to make mistakes, you know, you know, very much, you can't script football. So you could kind of see that maybe the girls had practiced patterns of play in in the lead up to the match and they were nearly afraid to stray from them in case that wasn't right. But that's not, obviously you you can't script football and like, yeah, I just felt the first half was, was so full of nerves. I also feel like, we were perhaps a bit naive in how we approached Zambia because I thought they were excellent. I thought they were much better on the ball than what we expected. Um, I expected them to be pacey, physical, strong, but I thought that they controlled the game for much of the second half. They put us under all sorts of pressure and we were just a step too far off them. Um, and we were a little bit exposed at times defensively and given the experience that we had in defense and and a couple of the midfield players, I was a bit surprised by that.
0: Yeah. I thought in the first half, there was a couple of times where Barbara Banda got in behind our defense and hit the side netting, I think three times before she eventually Mm. got that goal. And that like easily could have gone into the halftime conversation, three or four goals down and which would have painted a totally different picture for the players that, wanted to come on and I thought it was interesting like chatting to Vera after the match I asked her you know what was the difference between you or like what for you between the two halves or what did you say to the team at halftime and she was like you can't be afraid to fail she was like people were not doing what we had practiced and training for that entire week in the first half because they were afraid of failing and they were nervous and if you play like that you're not going to get anywhere and I thought it was interesting that she was actually that honest about it after the fact. I thought she probably would have held her cards a little bit closer to her chest, but I suppose it was so obvious to anyone watching that that first half wasn't good and that there was particular players that just struggled a little bit with the, the attention and being back on the ball. It's also the other thing that like the players that were on in the first half, the majority of them probably had a lot less minutes than the ones that came on in the second half like amber was probably the main one of the substitutes who hadn't been playing regular football that, of those five changes
1: yeah and it is easier to come into a match um when again you're you're down a little bit and you can kind of say okay we have to go for this game a bit because i'm sure it's been beaten into them that we don't concede we don't the defence is is the backbone of everything so whatever you do don't don't uh, stray from that um but sometimes when you have possession, you need to take risks, take chances. Um, and I felt for the first few minutes, everyone was cagey. But then I thought Rishi Littlejohn kind of was the one who broke from the pack and started to try and get on the ball and tr- started to try and press Zambia a little bit more. She needed the rest of the team to kind of follow suit and be a bit braver in how they pressed them. Um, because there were very much weaknesses at the Zambia back. We We don't tend to score three goals in a lot of games and
0: Oh, the goalkeeper. I was like, I don't understand why we're not putting more pressure. should have
1: been pepper in her, absolutely.
0: Like she didn't Um, take a single ball into her chest. It was either she parried it away and it didn't go very far or she just got some body part in front of it. I wish Emma was here this morning because I would love to hear. Yeah, I'm sure she'd (laughs) have
1: a few things to say about the punch that landed uh, at Amber Barris left foot for her second goal. But yeah, I I was disappointed with them. Just, I suppose, why were we doing a, a? a mid block against a team like Zambia. Um, maybe it's due to do with fitness and personnel on the team. But when you look at how bright Abby Larkin and Leanne Kooning were when the ball was near them and when they were allowed to run a bit more, I think that they could have really employed a, a kind of a really good press um, on them had they been allowed. Um, and there are two guys I think we should talk about because I think they've both done enough mm-hmm. to be selected. I know Um, you only gave Leanne 45 minutes, but you could sense it in the, I don't know if you felt the same, you can kind of sense it every time Leanne gets on the ball or is making a run through that you feel excited, you feel like something could happen. And I know she was offside for her goal. Again, it was the first time in that first half that someone broke the line defensively that someone made a kind of darting run and tried to make Zambia turn and face their own goal before that we were just playing in front of them and when the girls got the ball in the pockets and their back was to goal, there wasn't enough support play to really get much link up play going so you needed someone breaking the lines trying to stretch Zambia and for me in the first half she was the only one who did that
0: yeah, my only thing with Leanne last night and to be fair, this is probably a symptom of the fact that she hasn't played a lot of minutes in the last couple of months. It's just her first touch a couple of times. I think she could have been in a lot quicker on goal in some of the instances and the opportunities that she had, but her first touch continually kept bringing the ball away from her. And again, maybe that was also the quality of the ball that was coming into her not being exactly right. Um, But I do think I mean, before Amber came on and scored, I'll say one was a penalty, but the goal and the fact that she's the only person who scored a goal for us in our last like two big games. Um, I think I, I've always said that I think Leanne is our best opportunity for a goal because when she's in the sort of form that she was last season, there's no stopping her. And if we play in Australia kind of similar to how we played in the US whenever we were in attack I feel like she's the perfect sort of person to slot into that or to like come on and assist Kira Caruso if that's who she decides to go with in front or even Amber Barrett yeah, the-
1: I, I think you're right I think maybe her touch is to a game time but we have a month before the World Cup and she has a full training month and if Vera is affording other injured players or players coming back time I think Leanne should be giving them the benefit of the doubt because I think she's showing glimpses that she she can do it. Um I don't think there's anything that Maria Shiva can do that Leanne Kiernan can't. And I think technically Leanne might edge Shiva and has more international experience. Yeah. So I think that should be taken into account. Now I know Shiva's definitely on the plane because 'cause she's been brought in for the France game, so that's nailed on if that's a banker. But I just if you're it's terrible because you have to nearly start comparing players. And that's what I was was trying to avoid doing that on Teddy Last night, because you don't want to do that and put one player down over another. Um, but that's what it boils down to. That's what Vera is gonna have to do. And if you're doing head to heads, can you think of a reason why Leanne shouldn't be?
0: No, I don't think so. I think maybe one of the things that might edge it for Marissa is that game time and the fact that she's going to be playing pretty consistently but I do I mean I've always been on the Leanne Kiernan Mm. I've been saying this like even before the season when she was actually doing really well in the championship and like being the league's top scorer I was like I don't understand why we have that in our armory and we're not Mm. deploying it more or like setting up the team a little bit more around a player like that Um. And maybe like, at the, that stage of our development, we just weren't there. But also, I think the changes we've seen in the last couple of months are the sort of changes we've been asking for for a long time. Because we do have the players to play that way. Yeah. It's just like putting that faith in them. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to. I chatted to Leanne last night. I got the impression she wasn't all that pleased with her own performance. Um, I
1: mean, she's But she's Jen, never... I think that's coming from a place of... They girls in the first half put so much pressure on themselves and it wasn't a good team.
0: Exactly, it yeah.
1: Really, it was It was quite poor and it wasn't just the new girls coming in. It has to be said that I thought Megan Connolly's final pass was very unlike her. She was struggling a bit. I thought Louise um, was maybe a little bit exposed, maybe because of the shape around her and, and the new players around her. Like yeah. We can't just put it down to everything. I thought generally it was a poor team performance.
0: It's also yeah, and also it's incredibly difficult when you're going into a situation where like, mm, that's never a setup that we play, like that's never a start in eleven. Those players like have never had to go on to a big game like that with a plane ticket to a World Cup on the line and they're not playing with the same sort of like
1: combinations or supports. That that, that's such a good point. We were actually speaking to one of my friends about this during the week. Oftentimes when girls are being given a chance, we'll say, um, it's in a completely new setup. Do you know what I mean? It, it's with players who have never really played together. When you look at the likes of Aoife Manion, um and they came into our set 11. So they're around players who are used to playing with each other, used to the style of play. It's much easier to slot into a team that's settled than a team that's a bit more disjointed and full of nerves and haven't played together in those patterns before so it's it's easier to make an impression if you've been given a chance with the starting 11 and that's not to take away from the girls that have been picked because they've gotten in in that way yeah. but it's been a pattern that i've kind of noticed a little bit as well because i've seen good performances from girls when the team has been fully changed and they don't get Back in because the team performance as a whole didn't speak to a great day we'll say
0: yeah it was funny like i at halftime when we were had a break from comms i was just on twitter looking at people and seeing you know what what was everyone saying and people were talking about that first half in relation to her chances at the world cup and i was like what person is watching this match and thinking about the team's overall chances for the World Cup? I mean, A, you're missing two of your best players. The majority of the team that's starting are not traditionally starting players for us. There, a lot of them aren't even the sort that come off the bench sometimes for us in games. So what we're looking at is nothing to do
1: with... Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're not a team that uses our bench a whole lot. You know, we're we're not that type of team we have to be realistic and kind of say that beyond the start in 11, there probably was concerns before, like we've been given a chance to see what some of the girls can do last night, because mm-hmm. they don't have the experience. They don't have the game time. Um, and maybe they're, they're not quite ready. And that's why Viera hasn't felt the need to use them. Also, we've been involved in very, very tight games. and It's very hard to make changes during those. So, I was really happy that everyone got a game yesterday. I do think it was easier for the girls coming in in the second half. um, But I also think that the girls who came in the second half did really, really well.
0: Yeah, no, I think that is fair. One of the names we mentioned there, just when we were talking about Leanne Kiernan as well, was Abby Larkin. And I I said it last night when I was on comms, but I wanted to take back what I had said about her previously because when I watched her in... The game against China in Marbella, I really thought that like she struggled with her performance at times, where she was kind of muscled off the ball. She looked a little bit uncertain about what she was actually doing. She was you could because there was no one in the stadium, like it was behind closed doors essentially. You could hear what all the players were saying to her, and it was like every little touch and pass she was getting like insane amounts of encouragement for very very basic things, and it was almost like. The players were trying to build her up a little bit. Um, but I have to say I thought last night, especially I know she came off in the second half, but especially in the second half, you could see she lifted herself a little bit again. I thought she was one of the players that had improved a lot since the last time I'd watched her in the international scene. I felt like I spent a lot of last night eating my words about various different players. So well, that's what you want at this stage. I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just shows people making an impression. Yeah, for like uh, you forget like Abby is a kid so I, I understand why she was getting a lot, a lot of encouragement it's also because Abby is a confidence player from what I've seen in, in the league she's so dangerous she has so much pace and it's almost like when she doesn't have time to think that's when she's at her best and I think just one moment of like Given her confidence in her, her post match interview, I think the fact that she won the penalty, she said, kind of gave her confidence to kick on. And she is someone who needs a moment like that. Now you'd want it to happen earlier in the game. And also, if she's coming on as a sub, it needs to happen straight away. If we're talking, because really what we're talking about with a lot of these players is can they make an impact? And Abby was brilliant. She grew into the game, but we also need that straight away. But being in camp for the next month, which I think she will be. um, and just getting that nod of confidence from Vera, I think that could bring her to the next level. I think that's all it takes for her because I think she has the talent, she has the pace. Obviously, she's still developing physically, but when you have pace, you can really get away with it yeah. um, in some instances. So, yeah, I hope that this is the, the confidence boost she needs to go out and kind of perform like she did in that second half the whole time.
0: Yeah. We also need that as well for the squad in general. Like, I know our immediate focus is World Cup and, like, the next month or month and a half but also for the future for players like her like we talk a lot about legacy and what the next couple of months could mean her getting that experience getting those couple of boosts of confidence it's what we need because realistically you look at that squad and I don't I wouldn't say we necessarily have a young squad it's probably like middling to maturing so seeing those younger players come on and I suppose seeing them develop is great. One name I did want to mention was your teammate getting her first international cap. Um, How happy were you? Obviously, I wasn't watching you on Cubs, but I assume you were beaming at the time whenever she came on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad the mics Seraf off. I was, like, screaming. I was so happy for her. Um, like, as well as being just as talented as she is, she's, like, just such a super girl. I mean, her her attitude, um, the way she conducts herself, everything like it's just, like, like honestly nearly emotional saying it like I was so, so proud of her. And I thought she did brilliantly, like as well. Like really well when she came on. I what was really she impressed. what she brought as well was intelligence. She wanted the ball. She was went inside when it was right to go inside she went outside she has so much maturity in her play for a girl of her age um, and yeah, I don't know is it too late for a bolter but like honestly I, the whole club couldn't be prouder of Erin of and that achievement because she's deserved it and it was just lovely seeing the picture of her with her family after the game and she's you now yeah. repping repping Donegal and yeah, very very bright future ahead for her Erin. I'm so proud of her.
0: No, I was really impressed. Like there was a couple of times when she first came on where, like you know, Zambia would get the ball off us and they'd break, and you'd be a bit like, oh no, something's <laughs> gonna happen. Like if this ball I guess as far as Banda we could be in trouble and to be fair Courtney Brosnan actually did pull off a couple of good saves there was one particular passage in the second half where she was on the right side of the goal she was on the left side Mm -hmm. of the goal and I was just like how did that not go in it was absolutely insane but Erin was one of the few players and I thought it was kind of impressive because it hadn't been done in the second half who was actually like running to them and being Mm -hmm. like I'm going to take this ball off you Rusha did it a couple of times I think it was around the time that you were talking about that she was the one who actually decided she was going to take the initiative. And I was like, okay, this is
1: like international debut, possible playing ticket on the line. Very impressive to see. And you talk about nerves. like There can't, be, can't have been anyone more nerves than Erin, but I think she showed it less than other people. Yeah.
0: And you yeah. talk about Donegal as well. It was a good night for Donegal women. I mean, Kira Grant getting the assist uh, and then Amber Barrett getting her goal, which was a sublime chip over the goalkeeper, I have to say. and uh, it was great. left
1: foot, I've, I've... You know, I didn't think that that thing was for Anthony other (laughs) than standing. I played with Amber for years I don't think I've ever seen it (laughs) come off the ground but I was delighted for Amber because Amber has always been such a confident girl so composed and her experience in Germany over the last few months seemed to like knock that a little bit Mm -hmm. and that's a huge part of her as a person, as, as her as a player and she needed that last night and not only does it cement her spot in the plane, I think it'll it just kind of get her back to where she needs to be as a footballer. Yeah,
0: definitely. Like I'd really encourage anyone who's listening to this to go onto the off the ball social channels. Um, there's like a five minute interview I did with Amber last night after the game. And again, I mean, she's so fun to talk to. I think I could talk to her all day, but she's so honest. And she was like, so she was saying about the penalty. Traditionally, she wouldn't be the one to take it, obviously. Even when I saw her stepping up, I was like, this, uh, like, this is a bit unusual. She's the same. I
1: literally said she's after grabbing that ball now. Yeah. So good.
0: <laughs> but she said, uh, obviously, it should have been Megan Connolly. And she kind of just looked over at Megan and Megan kind of gave her a nod and was like, okay, you go for this. And she like said afterwards that she just wanted to really thank Megan because she needed that for her confidence mm-hmm. after the last six to eight months. She just needed to get a goal get herself on a track where she was like, okay, I've done that. I can push on from here. And uh, I thought it was funny, just before she scored her second goal, I don't know if you could see it from where you were, but Vera was absolutely like yelling at her so much from the sidelines. And Amra was kind of giving her a little bit back and we were like, oh, what's going on there? And then of course she got the goal and Amber like straight away turned around to Vera and Vera was just there, like big thumbs up, best mates. And I asked Vera about it afterwards. I was like, do you remember what you were saying? And she was like, yeah, I was telling her to get forward and, you know, mm-hmm. do what she can do because I know how good she is. Um, but yeah, she was saying that her celebration, the kind of tap in her head and her arm was after Marcus Thuram, who plays for Mönchengladbach and that whole sort of like, your strengths and your mentality and she was like it's the first time in my life that i probably had to properly rely on my mental strength because i normally am a positive person but the last six eight months has really taken it out of me so yeah couldn't be happier for a player like her and once again i was called a doubter and a hater on twitter last night for saying she might not make the play I talked to Amber about this, and she was like, "Kathleen, I totally understand where you were coming from, so we're still all friends on that side of things." That's Uh, good
1: because she's great for an interview, so we're going to need her during the yeah, exactly. (laughs) But also, couldn't be happier for. I mean, uh, she's a she's been around that squad for a long time. I put a piece together on Amber to to show on RT before um, the game because I thought she'd start, but um, we shall just then. But she gave us enough highlights (laughs) in the game, thankfully. But um, it it was just to highlight that she's a big moment player, that we haven't really got anyone who's been able or who's been trusted to come off the bench and make an impact. It's such a hard thing to do is to come on and actually impact the scoreline. We've seen her do that. And the clips I highlighted, one was from 2018 against Slovakia when we were really under pressure in a game that we were expected to win. Everyone will remember her celebration from that game. And then, of course, Hamden Park. I don't think there's anyone else who would have had the confidence or composure to come off the bench in those high-pressure situations. So you have to have players who have maturity as well. Like I'm we have bad. a lot of players going to the World Cup with less than five cup caps yeah. or less than 10 caps. And that's in- including our experienced experienced players of like Aoife Mannion and Farrelly. Yes, they're older, but they haven't been around the group for a long period of time. You do have to have Characters and cohesion, and I know people say there's no room for sentimentality or things like that in football, but personalities in a group and togetherness are important. I don't care what anyone says, particularly in international setup where you don't get to see each other that often. You want to be with someone in the dressing room who you know will fight to death for you, mm-hmm. and you can't bring in a whole host of new people and drop people who've been there for a long time, it disrupts the balance of a dressing room. I don't, I, I don't care what anyone says. I think it does.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. And I did think you talk about, like, the cohesion within the group. I thought it was funny of everyone I talked to last night. Those was, like, Amber, Clara Reardon, uh, Kira Grant, any of the ones that kind of scored, they were all, like, putting it back on the other people and being, like, oh, but, uh, yeah, I was good, but, like, did you see what Claire did? Or did you see what Amber did? Or that passed down from Kira was so good I just thought it was interesting and I think it kind of speaks to the general cohesion in the group you can even tell from the couple of times I've talked to them I feel
1: like they're trauma bonding at the moment because they're all so nervous I think that everyone is so on edge I honestly I cannot wait for Thursday just to put them out of their misery because I I almost wonder would it have been better just to do the 23 I know it's given people a chance to impress but Mm. God their heads are Absolutely not. Uh,
0: I like. I don't know how you operate for these couple of weeks. Like, obviously, there's a few players in the team who know things are pretty certain. But even from their perspective, like, if you're in training, you want to perform, but you also want to like make sure you're not getting injured or not getting any tweaks or anything. It's a it's a really difficult place to be in. Um, one player I did want to mention as well. Someone we've talked about a couple of times in the past, I think you've brought her up quite a bit, is Clara Weird on and her start last night and the fact that she got that goal, her first international goal. So happy days for her to get on the score sheet and kind of, uh, it was funny. One of the, because she's one of the names that a lot of people wouldn't recognize, there was a lot of conversations going around last night with people being like, oh, you really should be like contemplating these things more, like, Changing up who we actually think the 23 is going to be because there are so many players just on that very edge that it could go either way.
1: Yeah, Claire is one of the ones who's on the edge, you know, and um, she really is because the centre back position is so tightly contested. I think of the subs, Diane is the person who you would expect to be the main reserve. Obviously, you're wondering because Claire only. Came in because Eva Mannion isn't quite fit to come in yet, and that 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 is something to be debated. Do we do we need Eva Mannion? Is quality? She's an amazing player, and she plays for Man United and all the rest. She's had massive injury worries. Do we need to bring in someone who's not fully fit, with less than five caps, who might not even make the first game? Mm. or do we bring in someone who's fit and available and ready from the get go?
0: It's so hard, like I go back and forth on this so much because I'm like when Mannion's fit she's so good and she yeah. gives a level
1: but she's not fit
0: but, but also the fact is that we don't know how fit or not she is because the information out of the FAI and from Beer and Co has been so scant on what's actually right. Not
1: concerning a bit?
0: Well, no, that's the thing. That's, that's yeah. what I think. I mean, when we asked last Friday what was the story with her, it was that she had a scan, but there was nothing scary. She just needed more time. And I was like, well, you know, I could need more time, and it means I need ten minutes to go compose myself, or yeah. I need more time, and it's like I need. I to- nearly needed to take time there when you were asking me about Aaron, but <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's such a. It means nothing essentially.
1: So yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, it's so... If it was Niamh Fahy, who I think is hugely important to the squad and what she brings in terms of leadership and experience, and I would class them as similar abilities. I think for me, Niamh is probably even better because Niamh is one of my favourite players ever. If it was Niamh Fahy, I would give her time because she's been so important to the squad for so many years.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I can't really equate... The situation. I don't. She is brilliant.
0: Yeah, no, I know how
1: brilliant. And when we have so many, co- so much cover in that one position, so much competition for that one position.
0: Yeah, the one thing I would say about Eva Mannion that I think she brings up, we don't really have, is that she is able to play the ball out from the back in a way that I don't think a lot of the rest of our backs are. As in when she has the ball at her feet. She's so technically good. It's a tough one. I I can see where you're coming from, but I also still slightly like ah, she's so good. I know. I think she, in terms of talent, no, but yeah, think. that's what. They-
1: <laughs> it's just there's more to it than
0: that. I say, I am very glad I am not Vera
1: Powell Yes, you and me both, Colleen, um, and I was mom. chatting to her
0: because obviously all the players now have a break for the weekend. So I was asking her, I was like, I assume you're not taking a break for the weekend? And she was like, Yeah, no. Tonight we don't leave until we've reviewed the entire game, had a discussion with it, and then she was like, The rest of the weekend we'll be watching back tapes from the game, tapes from training, reviewing all the data that they've collected. And she was like starting to make some hard decisions and you could almost see the weariness on her face as she was talking about it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very glad it's not me and you sitting down trying to make this conversation. Mm -hmm. Although I do kind of imagine it like X Factor style, you know, when they'd be at (laughs) judges' houses and they'd have all the pictures of everyone and they'd kind of be like around and like Viral will move someone this way. And then Tom Elms will come in and be like, no, I want them on my squad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, i honestly the worst position to be in the worst Mm -hmm. well actually no the girls are in worse worst position because they they have no control they just have no control that's that's horrible that's horrible yeah
0: like Vera did say herself she's like I know I'm going no matter what some of these girls don't so I think you're right in what you said earlier they just the band-aid just needs to be ripped off at this stage and yeah I, think, I do think like Chloe Mustaki was talking about it and she was like, we are close. We have all, the majority of us have spent a lot of time together over the years in international or club setups. And she is like, we all know that as happy as some of us are going to be to get on that plane, there's also going to be people around us that need support. And she's like, that's almost as important because at the end of the day, these are people that are maybe going to be going to a Euros for us at some stage, or they're going to okay. need that support. So I think the team is very aware of it and seems to be approaching it quite maturely, well as maturely as you can in the circumstances. Um, Well we'll just have to wait and see. It's going to be an interesting Thursday. Um, But Karen thank you very much for joining me on this early morning. I do hope Everyone appreciates. Yeah, let's not make a habit of this. No, well, we said that last <laughs> summer during the Euros and I have a no. feeling with the time difference. Some of us are going to be annoyed and other, so be fine. <laughs> uh, the co Gig Podcast on Cadbury, on OG oh, Sports is sponsored by Cabri Official Snack Partners to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. Do not fear. We will be back with plenty more World Cup build up over the next couple of weeks. And uh, of course, all the action from when we actually board that plane two weeks to go for me now before I get over there and get talking to some people and uh, I also just want to say before we go special shout out to everyone who came up to me last night and said how much they enjoyed the podcast there was lots of kind words for Karen people
1: saying that they had spotted you up in the RT television I was wearing a luminous dress I will never wear that dress again the amount of comments I got it's gone in the bin
0: I mean, it looked great for
1: where I was, but I wasn't. Really it good. wasn't. Do you know yeah. what? It's not one of my best outfits, but I wanted to keep the good ones for like France and the World Cup games. I was like, I'm not wasting my best ones on a Zambia game.
0: That is very understandable. Well, people were enjoying it anyways. And there's <laughs> lots of nice comments for Emma Byrne and Emma O'Carroll as well. So just say uh, we really do appreciate the support. And please always do keep your comments coming into us. Uh, we had a couple of questions last night on our Twitter. Uh, at the Koi Gig Pod if you don't follow us already about us maybe p- picking our starting 11s and other things so we'll it's save stressful. some of those <laughs> we'll save some of those questions for during the week when we uh, have recovered from the Zambia game and we will get some of those answered for you but thank you very much for listening and we will see you all again soon
1: The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support